Hello and welcome to My Soul Delights with Eileen O'Driscoll and Joyce and Joy. My Soul Delights is a program of faith in which we explore various faith topics and also include some intermittent short reflective features for your own quiet time and prayer. In My Soul Delights we are exploring the beauty of our Christian faith and the way in which God's love reaches out to each one of us in a deep and personal way to restore our hearts and to renew this world. In this episode of My Soul Delights, we are going to share with you on the theme of Advent. Advent is a special time of preparation in the church's year. Advent also marks the beginning of a new liturgical year. So just before we share with you on the theme of Advent, we would like to invite you to begin with us in prayer, and I will share with you a short reflection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So this reflection is on the importance of small acts of love. Do you want to do amazing things in this world? Sometimes we may have dreams of doing extraordinary things for God and for the Church. But these do not have to be dreams, because each and every one of us is called to do extraordinary things. The problem is that we often misunderstand what extraordinary is all about. So what is it about? It's especially about doing small things with extraordinary love. Every one of us can do this every day, all day. Our lives are filled with opportunities to do small things. It may be cooking or cleaning, completing tasks at work, or daily conversation with others. Every one of these tasks offer us an opportunity to love with extraordinary love. And if you do every small act with great love, then your love will be great and God will do extraordinary things through your life, bestowing his mercy on many. Lord, I give to you this day every small act I perform. Help me to find value and meaning in even the smallest service. I pray that my love for you will increase in countless small ways so that I may be a holy instrument of your abundant mercy. Amen. Amen. So to reflect on Advent, 
This lovely word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming or arrival. And of course, Advent is a way of preparing our heart for the coming and the arrival of Jesus and what we celebrate as Christmas. But it also looks towards Jesus's second coming also. And in Greek, the word they use for this is called parousia, the second coming of Jesus. So in any way, Advent is a time of preparation for our encounter with Jesus. So Jai, I may pass over to you now that you may introduce uh, your thoughts on Advent just to get us started on this conversation. Thank you, Eileen, and hope all is well with you and all our listeners. Thank you for your prayers and support, as always. A beautiful piece to reflect on with Advent as the theme and uh, very appropriate as the world awaits the coming of the Messiah. And as you said, uh, we remember the first coming of Jesus. Equally, we also look forward for the second coming. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church uh, highlights this and captures it very nicely in 524. When the Church celebrates the liturgy of Advent each year, she makes present this ancient expectancy of the Messiah. For by sharing in the long preparation for the Savior's first coming, the faithful renew their ardent desire for his second coming. By celebrating the precursor's birth and martyrdom, the church unites herself to his desire. He must increase, but I must decrease. And that's highlighting St. John the Baptist and the way he prepared the way for the Lord. And he said, that's the Lamb of God, and he must increase, I must decrease. So as St. John the Baptist prepared the way, to prepare the way for Paul, he should know that the Lord is coming and that he recognized when our Blessed Mother reached out and met Elizabeth and greeted her for the good news that in the old age, Elizabeth was able to conceive this child of God, St. John the Baptist. And then he prepared the way for the Lord. And like St. John the Baptist, now we are called each year in our own way to prepare our hearts see Jesus to give him that rightful place and now we await his second coming at the same time we prepare our hearts to receive Jesus where he can dwell because he is not a normal king who expects a fort or a palace he is a different kind of a king uh, our savior would like to live in our hearts and that's where his throne is and that's where he resides for eternity so advent again as you mentioned adventus it's a beautiful piece to reflect on the arrival or the 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 way messiah appeared to his chosen people 2000 years ago and like them now we do await with hope uh, and our faith as well that he will come again to bring us back home Lovely. Thanks, Joy, for that introduction. Absolutely. Advent is a lovely word. And in the church's year, as you explained as well, and uh, we mentioned at the beginning, the church uh, understands Advent as the beginning of the new church year, which is beautiful because then Christmas, uh, it all makes sense in light of Christmas because Christ's birth. And of course, this is the 
the whole essence of the church and 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 all of Christ's mission as well for the kingdom of God on earth but to just maybe look a little bit more at the word advent it's actually quite interesting i came across a story of how this word adventus the latin word was used in ancient rome and it mm. said in ancient rome this word was a technical term for the glorious entry of an emperor into his capital city and this always happened after a military victory so mm. when there was a military victory there was a great celebration and this was known as adventus and the birthday of the royal leader it says was also commemorated at this time of a military victory as well or as they described it in adventus which is nice and um i like those words a glorious century and uh mm. in a way uh god's glorious century into our life is obviously transformative it uh, transforms our whole life but we also need that time of preparation and a time of preparation can help us to see more clearly God's action within our life and God's love within our life as well or how he is moving us uh, so that way of preparation is very important and that's what Advent provides for us before Christmas. So it's 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 a waiting period, absolutely. Um, but it's it's an incredibly important waiting period. It's, it's a time where we are preparing our hearts. We're preparing in a spiritual sense uh, because much of the world uh, gets caught up in the more material preparation and. Um, of course, uh, we, we all do, and uh, it's very easy to get caught up in that busy, fast pace usually, but Advent calls us to prepare in a different way, in a spiritual way, the preparation of our heart and soul for Christmas, uh, for what is the true meaning of this holy time of year. So this is why Advent is so important and the church has in place many ways uh, to help us to recognize the season of Advent. And we are called to actually slow down, so uh, take a counter-cultural approach uh, to Advent by slowing down, having time to pray, to reflect, uh, take time in silence. It's also a time to find repentance, uh, to repent of, you know, whatever sins or wounds or hurts we may have and to start afresh um, in this new time of the liturgical year and to turn back to God as well. So maybe just before we look further into that, um, it would be nice to share with you the way in which the church uh, helps us to recognize Advent. Uh, so, of course, I'm sure many of you are familiar with the Advent read and the Advent candles. And um, uh, Joy, maybe you might have uh, something you'd like to share on that, because I do think these are beautiful symbols to have and are a beautiful way to count down the weeks of Advent in our church. Yes, absolutely. Nice reflection there. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, Advent, uh, Advent season, the entire season is a very quality time uh, reserved by the church through the liturgical calendar that we get an opportunity to tap into that holy season like Lent again and spend that quality time with God along with the Holy Family. And so it, it's a season full of preparation and expectation. So it's that hard to know or understand it's very easy if we can think 
how our blessed mother would have prepared immediately when um, Archangel Gabriel announced this message from God that uh, she will receive a gift from God and that is God's son itself. That's like, you know, you can't ask anything more than that. That's the best gift you can get from God for all the prayer life, all the fastings, all the sacrifice we made. Uh, if God is sending his own son, you know, God himself, the second person in the Holy Trinity coming to you. I mean, that's that's the pinnacle of our faith. I think that's that's it. You don't have anything more than that. So that's the same mindset that we can tap into, which makes it a bit more easy and a bit more relevant to our Marian spirituality that all that we followed, all that we prayed to Our Lady in the Rosary or the Hail Marys, all that we prayed throughout the year, it ultimately results in this thing to imitate a Blessed Mother in order to imitate Christ. So we see that this is a season of preparation and expectation like our Blessed Mother. But the ultimate focus then is not on the material side, as you said, but we are called and encouraged for more and more spiritual preparation. So we are encouraged to meditate then on this wonderful mystery of the Word made flesh. Our Blessed Mother prepared and waited for the birth of her son Jesus. Likewise, we are also called uh, to do the same. And we have a wonderful opportunity here again to do the same. Uh, there are different ways in which we can meditate and uh, journey through this month of Advent every year. One one way of uh, looking at those is the symbols, as you said, and the reflections and the scriptures. Uh, Advent wreath, again, Advent wreath is very different because the Advent wreath, it looks like it's not just from one holy land piece or it's not a it's not a piece made from Jerusalem or something. It looks very unique. It, there should be two or three uh, different things combined together to make an advent wreath. So as we see, we have the evergreen leaves there and we have different aspects that makes an advent wreath. So we will look into it deeply now that the wreath, a small reflection here, the wreath and candles are full of symbolism tied to the Christmas season. The wreath itself, which is made of various evergreens, signifies continuous life. The circle of the wreath, which has no beginning or end, symbolizes the eternity of God, the immortality of the soul, and the everlasting life we find in Christ. So that's the Alpha and the Omega, uh, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. So that's the same idea here. The, the wreath, it's, circle, it's in circlic form. So the circle, it just goes around and around and around. So most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, there's no beginning and the end. Um, that's one way of looking at it. And then the individual evergreens that make up the reed have their own meanings that can be adapted to our faith. The laurel signifies victory over persecution and suffering. The pine, holly, and yew signify immortality, and the cedar signifies strength and healing. The pine cones that decorate the wreath symbolizes life and resurrection. The wreath as a whole is meant to remind us of both the immortality of our souls and God's promise of everlasting life to us through Christ. So there is a lot there to ponder. And so we break it down, even if you break it down into pieces, uh, the wreath alone take you through the month. 
<laughs> Absolutely, that's lovely. Yeah, I love it. it. It's it's nice when we can look upon those symbols like the wreath and a candle and understand their uh, symbolism as well, because as you say, that helps us go deeper into the mystery. It can take us across the month, especially as each week a new candle is lit as well. Uh, yeah. There's that uh, that expectation, the hope is so important and so by having those and the lighting of the candle each week and it it helps increase that and foster that within us because it's a new like you said the wreath is quite different and so when we see it at advent you know it's so easy to associate it with advent and it's it's lovely and i love the way uh you shared that beautiful meaning behind the wreath you know, like that evergreen wreath, uh, like evergreen trees, they never lose their leaves. Uh, so it represents, as you say, you know, the eternal life, uh, life goes mm-hmm. on and the circular dimension, God's never ending love for us, you know, no beginning, no end. Wow, how beautiful, like there's such a depth to that. And as you explained the wreath, I was just going to share on the candles and uh, so for the candles of course uh, there's five candles uh, and the three purple candles so i've come across uh, there can sometimes be different themes that people use through advent but quite often it's usually hope peace joy and love Mm -hmm. so the three purple candles are often associated with hope peace and love and then the third candle which is the pink one Uh, represents joy and that's always lit on the third week of advent which is also known as Gaudaute Sunday uh, joy Sunday Um, and then the first uh, hope uh, first week of advent peace the second week joy and then love and of course the white candle is lit on Christmas Eve night um, or Christmas day representing the coming of Christ that that Christ has come. Um, so it's it's beautiful. And these themes are so important. Uh, hope, peace, joy and love. Uh, hope is incredibly important. And I just had a few words on hope, which I would like to share with you uh, just to tie into to this imagery as well. So you may have come across this before, but there's a lovely quote by Emily Dickinson on hope as part of a a bigger poem. Um, I'm just going to share with you a couple of lines here. Uh, She says, hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And in essence, that's what hope is. We need hope at every moment of our existence. And during Advent, that hope is the hope of God's love, the hope of his promise, uh, the hope of eternal life. But in essence, too, it's also a hope for life in abundance, because that's what um, eternal life is. And that starts on Earth. You know, it's it's not uh, something we're holding off on until the end. But but we all have that innate desire within us for more. Christ promises us that. And while much of what we experience here will be a shadow in comparison to that life in abundance and eternity, uh, hope is that amazing gift that allows us to clutch onto that. And it's uh, never giving up um, as well. Uh, So hope is very beautiful. And there's a lovely quote here as well from St. Paul in his letter to the Romans, Romans 15, 13. And he says, may the God of hope 
fill you with joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is crucial as well. And of course, we know this um, from the Annunciation, the Holy Spirit, the, the power of the Holy Spirit to bring forth life. And that's what he desires to do within each of us, to make each of us temples of Christ as well, and to make God incarnate for each of us within our hearts. But the Holy Spirit is crucial in that to ignite all those virtues, those gifts that we uh, so much need and to uh, help us to persevere and continue. Uh, so hope is kind of like that, uh, you know, candle in the darkened room. Our, our eyes are drawn towards the candle, no matter how dark the room is. Our eye will always be drawn towards the light, and, and that's what hope is. Um, so we, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us in that as well and to increase our hope. Uh, so, Jai, I might pass back to you and see what your thoughts are as well. Sure, nicely highlighted there. Hope is very important, and Christian hope then goes on and it goes out to the neighbors as well. So each, as you said, you know, uh, candle and the light, how it uh, destroys darkness. So each Christian soul lights like a candle in the society. So there are so many candles and that uh, slowly reduces the darkness in this world. And continuously we keep that hope alive. And that's how we overcome uh, the darkness in this world. And then that's what Jesus asked us to do on his behalf as his uh, brothers and sisters, as we are part of the mystical body of Christ. And in Psalm 71, verse 5, it's nicely highlighted here. You are my hope, my trust, O Lord. Likewise, in John 3:16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And Luke 1, 14 highlights, many will rejoice because of his birth. And Luke 1, 79, light to guide our feet into a way of peace. So these are various scripture verse, but if you see the, they're summing to hope, love, joy, peace, ultimately the Advent theme, and uh, along with our faith, you know, the, the candles, they have their own meanings, and uh, you highlighted some of them as each week, uh, each candle has a theme. I would like to highlight the, the nicknames we have for those candles. In addition to the theme, there are some nicknames Maybe, uh, you know, I didn't hear that before. So let's see. The candles also have their own special significance. The four candles represent the four weeks of Advent. And one candle is lit each Sunday, as you said. Three of the candles are purple because the color violet is a liturgical color that signifies a time of prayer, penance, and sacrifice. And purple is also a color that is associated with the wisdom of God. That's a result for the wisdom of God, purple. So it's very important. The first candle, which is purple, symbolizes hope. It is sometimes called the prophecy candle. So that's the nickname we can remember. Prophecy candle in remembrance of the prophets, especially Isaiah, who foretold the birth of Christ. It represents the expectation felt in anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. So that's a beautiful piece there. So each candle has a nickname. When we remember the nickname or the theme, it's easy for us to remember what they mean and why they burn. And they, they burn and uh, give that light in, uh, in memory of the event that took place. And it keeps our hope alive in each candle. 
uh, each faith, hope, love, peace, and all of that is alive and joy. That's kept alive in each soul until we reach on Christmas Day. Then we receive Jesus like the Holy Family and the shepherds did, you know. Lovely. Thank you for sharing that, Jan. That's a nice link between hope and prophecy because that's what the Israelites felt when they heard these prophecies of the coming Messiah and the one who was going to liberate them. That's what they felt, this hope and an expectation towards that day that that they would live to see, as you said, which is in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah as well, uh, the coming of the Christ child and uh, he will be called Emmanuel. And even that name, Emmanuel, is beautiful, which means God with us. That in itself is an incredible hope. It's exactly what it is. God with us, God becoming man that became so vulnerable, so humble as to become like a little infant to enter into all the recesses of human nature into every inch of human life into the lowest places in the world uh, that God would enter in not as a triumphant king robed in gold but as a mere infant um so wow like what a beautiful word and what I suppose this word Emmanuel is is very beautiful which we hear uh, during Advent in particular but also that fullness of joy we feel in God's own presence and this is something the Psalms mention quite often that fullness of joy in your presence such as Psalm 16 for example that sense of God with us really gives us a fullness as well Um, there's no greater gift than that God being with us in his most vulnerable form as we said God incarnate, God become man. And even just uh, reflecting on the very nature of Christ, who was fully human and fully divine, uh, you know, he's 100% human, 100% divine. I suppose just thinking like there is no half measures with God. <laughs> he didn't yeah. come as 50% divine, 50% human, but no, it was it was fully human, fully divine. And it's it's a testament to the nature of God. You know, we're always learning more about him. But in the person of Christ, God reveals himself in such a unique and wonderful way, like nothing else in human history, where God becomes man by beginning from the very early stages of humanity itself and the stages of the human person by becoming an infant relying on Mary, his mother, for his care and protection, and St. Joseph as well. Uh, What a beautiful narrative we have, uh, thank God, and it's lovely to reflect upon. And I would just like to uh, come to the, I suppose, the second theme, so to speak, being peace. The more we reflect on this story, especially as we come upon Advent, and maybe this is one of the things uh, we can do during Advent as well, as well as trying to cut things back or cut back distractions. Of course, we can also take time for prayer or spiritual reading or even to reflect on one of the gospel accounts. And I suppose particularly coming up to Advent and Christmas, Uh, The Gospel of Luke is lovely uh, because it it goes through the story. But uh, of course, any of the Gospels uh, would be as well. But to to read through that story of the angel Gabriel coming to Mary at the Annunciation and 
uh, even when the angel Gabriel announces to about Elizabeth's own miraculous conception of uh, St. John the Baptist as well. Um, but just to reflect on that and reflect on those words of God being with us brings a great peace. But we, it's something we do have to experience for ourselves as well, because uh, peace is a gift of God. But then we can also be reassured that because peace is a gift of God and it's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that nothing externally should ever take away our peace from us then. If peace is a gift from God, that we we should have that conviction that nothing worldly or external or whatever it might be should take that peace away from us. That's between us and God. And anything that God plants in our hearts, no one can take away because it's God who plants. And when he does, uh, he plants very deep (laughs) in the soil of the heart. Uh, So that's a a reassurance we definitely should always have with us. And I suppose that reassurance comes from having a childlike trust and simplicity, which is incredibly important. And we see this with many of the saints who spoke of this uh, importance of having that childlike trust and simplicity. And what a greater time to imitate that than the time leading up to Christmas as well. But of course, if you like to Uh, read up a little bit more on that kind of um, understanding of peace as well. There is a a lovely little book, it's a short book by Father Jacques Philippe called Searching for and Maintaining Peace and it has some beautiful insights on peace as well. So just before I finish this little uh, short reflection on peace, I'd like to share with you a quote from John's Gospel 1427. And these are the words of Christ when he appears to his disciples. He says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. So over to you, Joy. Beautiful, beautiful piece there. Thank you. And we see the peace and the importance of peace, why um, we should never lose peace on account of the external distractions or the challenges that comes from this world. Um, One among the purple candles is associated with peace. And I think it's in the final week of prayer. Uh, It marks the final week of prayer and penance as we wait for the birth of our Savior. So the final candle has a nickname. It's called the angel's candle, and it symbolizes peace. It reminds us of the message of the angels, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So that's where they they greeted the shepherds and whomever they met, they brought this message and they brought peace. So it's called the angel's candle. That's in the fourth week. But also in the second week, the second candle represents faith, and it is called the Bethlehem candle as a reminder of Mary and uh, St. Joseph's journey to Bethlehem. And also it ties in nicely because, uh, as you said, Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. And this is what we remember. The, the, anyone who hears the name Bethlehem, it immediately reminds of the Holy Family and Emmanuel and God with us scenario. And here we see how the purple candle is named as Bethlehem candle. And then the third candle is pink and it symbolizes joy and it is called the shepherd's candle and it's pink because rose is liturgical color for joy and as you said it's the guarded sunday so basically 
it brought great joy for the shepherds when they got this news, you know, because if a king is going to be born and it's going to be in the palace and you'll have a VIP list of guests to be invited. But here they are, the shepherds got the news and the invitation and imagine the joy they would have underwent because uh, several centuries people waited for the Messiah and here they are, uh, the angels came and gave the message to the shepherds uh, who were uh, suffering out in the cold. And then the finally then we see the white candle is placed in the middle of the wreath and lit on Christmas Eve. This candle is called the Christ candle and represents the life of Christ. The color white is for purity because Christ is our sinless, pure Savior. Celebrating Advent is an excellent way to prepare your mind and heart for Christmas. So that's what we are reflecting in this episode to uh, see and facilitate how and various symbolism and tools through which we can receive maximum spiritual nourishment as we prepare through the season of Advent, you know. Yes, yeah, that's lovely. And as you were mentioning joy there as well, it reminds me of the Magnificat, uh, Our Lady's words when she rejoices uh, upon meeting her cousin Elizabeth, saying, my soul glorifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. It's mm. a beautiful hymn of pure joy that she experiences in, in that moment. And in a way, it, it shows us I suppose a joy in itself is a grace as well. It's a blessing that we can have joy in spite of changing external circumstances. That joy is rather a state of being, a way of being uh, that's not dependent on external circumstances or temporary pleasures. And I suppose in a way, you know, we could look at the difference between happiness and joy, but that, that would make another episode. <laughs> and um <laughs> But, but joy is a lovely thing to reflect on as well. And I think you shared it very nicely there, uh, what, what you said, Joy. So um, thank you. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I had a reflection here on love as well, because I, I know there are the different themes for the Advent Candle. So you shared mm -hmm. that uh, one of them is faith there, Joy. But I have one here as being love. So uh, I would just like to share on that with you as well. Sure. And this understanding of love, which we, of course, uh, looked at with the symbolism of the advent wreath which is beautiful uh, god's love being unconditional and a love without measure and of course you know that very popular scripture quote i think most people will know it either from whether it's sports uh, matches whatever's going on uh, you often see this big billboard with john 316 on it <laughs> and uh, you know across um, especially sports arenas but sometimes in bus stations uh, train stations wherever it might be John 3:16, and it's a beautiful passage because of course it goes that God so loved the world that he gave his only son a beautiful uh, piece of scripture that really just gets to the heart of it all it gets to the heart of God's promise from the beginning and, and his promise throughout the Old Testament and then the fulfillment of that in the New Testament that, that Christ has come and uh, that expectation of the Old Testament of the coming Messiah is fulfilled when Christ then comes. God's promise and his new covenant that he will make with his people, um, that being of eternal life to the, the life, death and resurrection of his beloved son, Christ Jesus as well. I mean, there's an incredible richness and depth to that um, that could be explored. So John 3.16 and then John 15.13 um, 
describes how that there is no greater love than someone to lay down their life for their friends. Um, so it just gives us an understanding of love from God's perspective and uh, that we see what what is uh, true love because of course that's something that's often misconstrued in our world in society in culture uh, when we can talk very flippantly about love sometimes um, but that that what is the essence of love like what does it mean to truly love someone and God shows us what that means and of course Advent and Christmas is that time where we reflect on what is that true love and how should it look as well and ultimately being convinced of God's love for us as well uh, which we see as well in this beautiful Christmas scene in uh, Bethlehem and uh, when you mentioned Bethlehem joy as well earlier I was just thinking I read somewhere one time someone who visited the Holy Land they said that when they were speaking to one of the tour guides in Bethlehem they were saying in Bethlehem it's Christmas day every day (laughs) and uh, I just thought that was lovely because it just represents that uh, eternal significance of anything that God does with God Uh, there is no time and space he's not limited or bound by those things so any action that God makes in human history uh, through the Trinity Father Son and Holy Spirit all who have acted in human history uh, that that always has an eternal significance by the nature of it uh, of of him being God Uh, so it's very beautiful and um, of course St Paul also gives us a lovely insight on love and again a very popular passage from 1 Corinthians 13 where he says love is patient love is kind love is not envious or boastful and he goes on and uh, saying that love endures all Um, also a very popular passage as well on love so uh, there are just uh, some thoughts from my side and maybe if I was just to add one more thing to that about the, the Holy Trinity and how Advent can be time to to think upon that too, on the different persons of the Trinity and how God has acted in human history, his plan for salvation. Uh, you know, God's invitation to Mary through the angel Gabriel to be a partaker in his plan of salvation for the world through her, yes, bringing Christ Jesus into the world. Uh, the role of the Holy Spirit in that, the power of the Holy Spirit overshadowing her, and then Christ Jesus himself being born within her. The role of all three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's a nice time maybe during Advent to reflect upon that and to to pray to all three persons of the Holy Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as well, especially the Holy Spirit for that clarity and insight and guidance uh, that we so often need today for peace and also for good direction, good discernment, and wisdom as well. So and to ignite that mystery of God's love within us as well. So, uh, Joy, I'll pass over to you again. Absolutely. Beautiful reflection there and a lot of uh, action item to ponder and meditate. And uh, you nicely highlighted about uh, the importance of love. And also, as Jesus said, you know, the two greatest commandments, uh, love your God and love your neighbor. And uh, Advent gives us a wonderful time and opportunity to prepare and to meditate, a time in waiting uh, expected time, like a blessed mother's time. So there's a small prayer and reflection here that uh, during this meditation, then we can uh, reflect uh, and think about few areas of things that we can do or where we can 
fine tune uh, based on this season the prayer and reflection goes like this hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed are thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death amen now the reflection part how often do you say yes to extra work tasks chorus favors and events how often do you say yes to the work god asks of you sometimes we have to say no to be free to give our wholehearted yes to greater things what are you afraid of like mary sometimes we are asked to go into the unknown to face those things we don't feel prepared for ask god for the grace you need to keep going the secret of our own peace lies in balancing the tensions of our fallen human nature with our new life in christ what are some ways we can work toward this new life within our day-to-day -day tasks sometimes the people around us need help saying yes to what god asks what are some ways you can help the people in your life say yes so these are some uh, reflective pointers that we can meditate and as part of our advent journey that we can reflect on and ask god for that grace uh, that he can send his angels and comfort us and with his messages then can guide us uh, for greater tasks that he guided our blessed mother through archangel gabriel and it was an unknown destination and when our blessed mother thought and she said yes and what happened then is the greatest mystery ever revealed god became man and he came to this world so it's a beautiful beautiful testimony that we can always reflect on and always uh, tap into uh, especially advent and lent gives us a wonderful opportunity to fine-tune uh, the soul and spend that quality time with god uh, like our blessed mother did like jesus and saint joseph would have done every time they uh, encountered god's message god the father's message through his messengers the angels so these are some of the reflection pointers eileen lovely thank you joy and i suppose that just brings me to my final point as you mentioned uh, saint joseph there of course we can journey with the the holy family uh, our lady saint joseph and jesus um, but of course if we'd like a saint's intercession and companion too we we can ask saint joseph to pray for us and to help us this advent season as well he who was given that enormous task to protect um, our blessed mother and the infant jesus as well and the plan of god which was revealed to him through his dreams uh, through the angel uh, who directed him and guided him how to protect the holy family and to always lead them to safety as well he who was given that beautiful role but by no means a small task it was a great task and saint joseph was given that strength and often uh, saint joseph has a silent strength that he exuded as foster father of jesus and spouse of our lady but if we just uh, ask his intercession as well and uh, like him that we might be blessed to come ever closer uh, to jesus as well and to god's plan for each of us uh, god's abundant plan a plan of abundant life as well 
that we can ask Joseph that too, to intercede for us, God's dream for us, as, as God had a dream for St. Joseph, which was revealed to him in such a unique way that we can ask, what is God's dream for us? Knowing that God's heart is tender, it's a fatherly and loving heart, and uh, to see it in that way as well. So um, St. Joseph, pray for us. Amen. Yes, and uh, they did it. It's a, it's a great task. It's uh, not an easy task, but they still did it joyfully, you know. Mm. So it was full of drama and going yeah. to Egypt and coming back and then the son being lost in the temple, you know, and they found him after three days. So all through, it was uh, action sequence until uh, St. Joseph died first and then, and then ultimately Jesus accomplishes his mission that he promised to God the Father. Uh, in union with the Holy Spirit, you know, so it's a beautiful piece to, to reflect and uh, meditate upon St. Joseph's uh, mighty work that he kept going, he persevered, uh, he kept the family together, and uh, he supported uh, Blessed Mother and uh, Jesus' uh, mission, you know, so it's amazing. Absolutely. So yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode of My Soul Delights and reflecting on the theme of Advent. And of course, we wish you a very blessed Advent season and we pray for that eternal Christmas to be forever in our hearts as well. Um, every day that we encounter that love of God is like that special grace of Christmas. So uh, we pray that for for each and every person as well. So thank you so much for listening to this episode and uh, until our next episode, God bless you. God bless.